Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is What a Scream, the horror movie podcast, where I, your host, Ogali Miss Dolly, slash Egrain, whatever you want to call me, um, chats to a special guest every week about horror movies. And in particular, we discuss and dissect in spoilerific detail two horror films that we feel perfectly encompass a particular theme or subject that I've previously randomly chosen. So this week's theme is kind of an integral theory to horror movies, particularly the slasher genre. Um, it is a massive one and it has made massive stars of particular actors. So this week we are chatting about the final girl theory. Uh, the final girl theory suggests that there is usually a last female alive to confront the monster or killer and she is usually the person that kind of lives to tell the tale. Now this final girl theory was created by Carol J. Clover in her book called Men, Women and Chainsaws, Gender in the Modern Horror Film. Now let's have a quick chat about who is the final girl. A lot of them have very similar traits. They are typically uh, a virgin, they are sexually unavailable, they're very good at two-shoes, they're book smart, um, and they have a will to survive. Now. The theory kind of also suggests that the last girl is kind of taking the place of a stereotypical uh, male role. Um, but a lot of the time we see final girls uh, almost being saved by men at the end of the movie. So it's this really kind of like feminist dilemma. Is the theory of the final girl feminist or is it detrimental to feminist theory? Um, a lot of the time final girls have kind of, um, uh, kind of gender fluid names, you know, they're called Sydney, Laurie, Ripley. Um, so they kind of share that trait and they also a lot of the time have a connection to the killer so of course Sydney Prescott's connection in Scream and Laurie Strode's familial connection with Michael Myers in Halloween um so this week I have a very special guest and together we chat about two films which funnily enough do like don't follow the traditional final girl theory which was really interesting when I first pitched this uh, my guests knew exactly what they wanted to do and I knew exactly what I wanted to do and they're, <laughs> they're the two final girl characters are traditional final girls but when you look at them they have a lot more uh, feminist power behind them um now i know these two movies that we've chosen they're gonna drum up a lot of controversy i think i think a lot of people have been like why did you choose these but i think as you'll kind of hear from our chat we do make some very good points as why we love these final girls so the two films that myself and my guest have chosen is uh 
Demon Knight, which is an American horror comedy film from Tales of the Crypt from 1995, starring Jada Pinkett Smith. And then my choice, which I'm sure I'm going to have people screaming at me for this, but I don't care, okay? This final girl had an impact on me, so I had to choose this film. I chose... <laughs> You ready? Alien vs. Predator, which is a 2004 science fiction horror action film uh, directed by Paul Anderson and starring Sanaa Lathan. Um, yes. So here is my chat with the wonderful makeup and special effects artist Samika Spratley. So I would like to welcome to the podcast Samika Spratley. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's a very unusually sunny day here in Ireland. Well, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've got I've got the wine out, so it it's all good. How is your corner of the world? Uh, things are good over here. I've been keeping busy uh, with work. Finally, again, things are starting to get started, and I'm doing a lot of self care work and um, just taking care of myself and spending time with my family. Good. That sounds like ideal, especially yeah. in this day and age. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, and what is your idea of self-care, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, my gosh. Everything is self-care nowadays. Um, it's such a trend now, but mm -hmm. I think it's something that a lot of us have been doing without even realizing it. Yeah. Um, so for me, uh, my big thing is disconnecting from the Internet and social media. I, I think people... Okay get too caught up in it and just really obsessed with it. You know, not everybody needs to know everything. Um, there's just better ways I feel like people can deal. So yeah. um, escaping from social media, whether that's just doing some yoga or dancing or hanging out with my sister, um, yeah. reading um, or making prosthetics. I tend to do that a lot. So making oh, art, great. just escaping from the world. Lots of that. I gave myself a foot soak the other day. So I'm big on that. Nice. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it's, it's always hard when you especially when you're in, say, especially like the creative or media mm -hmm. kind of job to disconnect from social media, because a lot of the time, oh, it's your main form of yeah. kind of communicating or networking. For sure. Um, so yeah, I totally get like, I, I know there's weeks where I'm like, you know what, I'm obsessing too much over social media, mm -hmm. I just need mm -hmm. to disconnect. Put that phone down. Exactly. <laughs> um, so for <laughs> anyone that doesn't know about you, would you like to give us a little bit of an introduction into who you are and what you do? All right. Um, well, I am a professional industry makeup artist. I've been doing makeup. Oh my gosh. I started when I was a kid, but we'll say professionally, maybe about seven or eight years. Um, my preferred type of thing to do is really creative stuff, editorials, avant-garde, special effects, prosthetics. Um, but just being in the market that I'm in, I've learned to kind of do straight makeup and male grooming and, you know, just a little bit of everything so I can stay employed, really. Yeah. Um, so that's my main thing, pretty much. I do a lot of makeup. Um, I'm also in the union, the IATSE 798 union, um, that happened a couple, couple of years ago. Um, and I'm an independent filmmaker. Great. And what influenced you to get into, uh, makeup and special effects? Oh, wow. Um, 
I think I always really enjoyed makeup, um, but I was always really fascinated with movies and music videos and just like this whole world of like making characters and using makeup as a medium to do that. I was always very artistic. I I can paint, I can draw, I dance, um, you know, all kinds of little things. So it just kind of all was a melting pot of my creativity. I guess that's how I ended up in film because I like being able to do fashion shoots and um, like I said, the special effects and everything. So I think it probably started with my mother. She loves scary movies. And mm-hmm. so when she carried me every Friday night was pizza and a movie night. And so mm-hmm. it, it just kind of started from there. Yeah. Um, and she did a little bit of like catalog modeling back in the day. So mm-hmm. we had fashion magazines around. So I was really obsessed with like the things that Pat McGrath was creating on top of watching all of the special effects in movies. You know, like I saw the thing growing up and killer clowns and all the old black and whites. My mom loves black and white. She loves the Alfred yeah. Hitchcock. Um, so it kind of just all formed from there. And, you know, I knew very early on, I want to work in movies Yeah, and it just dominoed. Yeah. And so did your want to make movies come first or was it the special effects makeup that came first? I think the the special effects, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't allowed to watch that much growing up surprisingly um but I was always really curious so it was probably when I was maybe like 16 or 17 I Mm -hmm. really started playing more into it and I was probably about 20 when I realized okay this is the career that I want for sure um I started researching schools and trying to figure it all out but I just love to play and experiment with different things so it was definitely the makeup aspect that came first yeah and at what point did you decide that you wanted to take it that one step further and make films Ooh, um i was probably about 24 25 i was in florida actually studying prosthetic work i lucked out and found a teacher that was doing private instructions um for uh, prosthetic work because all the other schools were you know la california um when I initially met him, I was in Virginia. That's where I was born and raised and that moving down to Alabama and I stayed in contact with him. And so I studied with him for a bit and I realized that I wasn't going to be able to stay in Florida. And so I ended up coming back to Alabama and studying film and all of my projects were kind of like these conceptual makeup pieces. Yeah. Um, Cause I was shooting my own photography too. So it all kind of blended together. And my instructor in the film program I was taking, she's actually the creative director for our, our major film festival here. Yeah. So I started, you know, talking to her more and I eventually started ne- networking with that community. And, you know, just like how the makeup kind of dominoed out that did too. Cause I started meeting people and, I was able to do beauty makeup and special effects. So it got me a lot of work, you know, that way, yeah. um, trade for work anyway. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much how the film started. Uh, I lucked out that my teacher happened to be a part of this huge, you know, film database of people. Yeah. And I just did it like that. Oh, that's amazing. And do you remember your first experience of a horror film and what it was? Ooh. Um, It could be the thing, but 
mostly with the the head that was crawling off it like had spider legs yeah, yeah but yeah. i think i think what really like really set me off was seeing the documentary of the making of thriller um okay. my mom and myself we both love michael jackson's music and that was like my first real look into seeing how makeup was done but also seeing how productions are made yeah and so i got to see everybody you know and all the different hats that they wore um, so I, I, I'm really big on that one. Plus it was like Rick Baker, who I'm yeah. a huge fan of. I have his, um, collection books and they're just absolutely gorgeous. Um, so pro I'd probably say the making of thriller. Cause I still try to watch that every October. Yeah. It's kind of like my own little tradition. Yeah. Um, and it was probably the first thing that I saw that made me get into zombies, which I don't really do that okay. that much anymore, but I yeah. think anybody who kind of does prosthetic work, that's like, what they go to it's like blood and gore and zombies yeah. and so I, I always have like this little soft spot for it I guess yeah that's so funny because I had another makeup uh, artist on before and they said the exact same thing that it was the thriller video that influenced them a yeah. lot so it's so strange that that is such a pivotal for, point for a whole it, lot of people it is I mean you know may he rest in peace but he was such an, an innovator and in everything that he did from his music to his mu music videos and all of that stuff is, still lives on. So, yeah. And yeah. it's great that something so pivotal in pop culture could lead people mm -hmm. on to become mm -hmm. big horror movie fans or big mm -hmm. Rick Baker fans, or, you know, from the thriller video that you can then go back and watch American Werewolf in London. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I love basically, it. Yeah. What Michael Jackson saw and was like, okay, yeah. I want that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, we are going to be talking about this week uh the theme of final girls in horror um it's obviously a massive movie trope um mm -hmm. if not the biggest movie trope in horror how do you feel about the theme of final girls i mean i love it um when you initially contacted me for this i already knew you know right away what movie yeah. i wanted to talk about because of that final girl and how she made me feel watching her. Um, I think the whole idea of it, it's so necessary yeah. in the genre. Um, we, we need to see women in leading roles um, of all backgrounds. You know, yeah. we need that representation, um, especially for younger minds. Because I know for yeah. me, the movie that we'll talk about in a bit, um, seeing that had such an influence on me mm -hmm. and the confidence yeah. I had growing up and just also really being able to stand your own, you know, when mm -hmm. you're a young female adolescent, you don't really have a voice yet. And I think there's been so many characters in the genre that have done that. Yeah. Like, I mean, look at Jamie and Halloween. And I mean, mm -hmm. she's still going on doing that. I mean, yeah. she's legendary for it, you know, iconic. And yeah. I mean, we need that us females. Mm -hmm. We need that. Yeah. I always have like, there's, for me, there's two kind of, like uh types of final girl there's the very like virginal kind of morally uh -huh. superior <laughs> kind of at the end they're a final girl only because they're saved by a man and then there's yeah. the final girls that i feel we've both chosen um that get mm -hmm. there by their own um kind 100%, of 100 yeah yeah they they don't need they don't need a man to help them they get them by yeah. their own like tenacity um for sure and so i find it's like this real kind of um 
you know, it's the whole final girl theory. I don't know whether it's a feminist one or not. And it's something that obviously has been discussed a lot of the times, but how do you feel about it from a feminist point of view? I think it's becoming more of that. Mm-hmm. Like looking back at some of the films from the seventies and eighties, um, I'd say, you know, not as much, especially with all the nudity and yeah. all the sex scenes and whatnot that really don't add to the plot line at all. Um, yeah. But I think people are kind of redefining that trope now, yeah. um, especially in like the last like 15 years, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I feel you on that. It's, um, it's, it's getting better. Let's say that yeah. it's getting better. <laughs> yeah. Like we definitely saw in like the eighties kind of final girl trope that she was very like virginal and, you know, the girl who had sex was the one that died and you know, that kind of the way. So it's, it's very much like, yeah, it's great that we've got like a strong female character that survives the killer, even though she has to go through this horrible experience. But mm-hmm. like, what about the people who aren't virgins? I mean, <laughs> like, I'm sure they're strong right. as well. Like, Right, exactly. We need more representation. Yeah. Um, So what do you think makes a really good final girl? Oh, she's got to be smart. She's got to be like insanely clever. Um, I think it helps if she's a little bit athletic. Yeah. um, At least able to run and not trip everywhere. (laughs) Um, um, uh, It does help if she's nice looking, I, I suppose in the world of filmmaking you want to have someone that's attractive on camera but um in terms of the actual you know girl itself she she really needs to be smart and cunning she almost kinds to need to be an outsider in a way Mm. you know she she really doesn't fit in with her peer group as much because she can see things very differently she's much more um observant to things around her um definitely that um I, I it might help if she's funny yeah you know? <laughs> she'd have to be able to see a little bit of the humor and why she's going through all these terrible things um yeah she, she's got to be smart and, and quick she's yeah. got to be able to think like the villain that's exactly what i was gonna say that she's got to almost take on this monstrous perspective mm-hmm. to beat the mm-hmm. villain at their own game yeah she's got to think like a killer mm. And that's where which I, I think most women can do that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I, most women, most femme or AFAB people have lived through some really horrible things, you know, yeah, um, sure. every day, basically. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I think that is why the final girl is so like the embodiment of strength and cunning, as you said. Yes, yes. Um, so let's start with the film that you chose, uh, that okay. you felt perfectly embodied, The Final Girl. Would you like to introduce it and give a short synopsis for us? Oh, all right. So I chose Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight. Um, I think most of your listeners and even some people that know me know how much I love this movie. <laughs> I mean, love it. I actually yeah. have the stars tattooed on my right palm. No way. So, I, yes, I mean, it hurt like hell. And I still <laughs> need to get it touched up again. But so worth it. So worth yeah. it. And um, you were so quick. So like, when I came to you with the theme, you were like, straight away. You were like, I know yeah. what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, because I mean, I love this movie. I didn't even have to like rewatch it. Um, <laughs> so uh, the movie itself is about a guy that's being hunted by this collector. He's actually a demon. And so you really don't find out until you really get into the movie. But it starts off with this car crash. And we see the first guy emerge and, you know, we don't know what's going on. And then we see the second guy come out of the crash and he totally rises out of the flames, which are like, what the hell is going on? Like, it's not a scratch on this guy. And so the first guy escapes um, and he makes it off to a diner and he's like trying to steal a car. And a little boy comes out from the diner and finds him. He's like, what are you doing with my dad's car? And so he runs off and then the demon collector appears and he's like, oh, I know that guy, you know, he, he stole from me, blah, 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 blah. And so they all collectively go on the hunt for the first guy. And so the first guy, whose name is Breaker, um, he ends up at this kind of rundown hotel Airbnb situation. And, um, you know, he goes there and he's trying to hide out there. And this, this whole group of people that are there, there's Irene. Um, I'm trying to think of the actress's name. Her name is Carol. She's been in mm-hmm. Law and Order. I mean, like a million things. Yeah. Um, and so she's the owner of this hotel. And she has a young girl working for her named Geraldine, played by Jada Pinkett Smith. And there's a couple of other patrons there um, that are in the hotel. And so uh, Breaker arrives there. And like I said, he's trying to hide out. And, and eventually the young boy and his dad and some deputies and the demon collector arrive and nobody knows he's the demon and obviously. And so he arrives and he's like, that's the guy. He, I just, just let me get what he stole from me and I'll be on my way. And, you know, they're all going through it and like trying to search his room and whatnot. And one of the patrons at the hotel was like, Oh my God, I know what you're looking for. I saw him stash it away. And so they finally pull it out and it's this ancient relic and it has blood in it. But again, we don't know this yet. And so Breaker, he's like, don't give it to him. Don't give it to him. All hell's going to break loose. And, you know, nobody's listening to him at all. And, you know, that's what happens. The demon, <laughs> he's like, you know what? Fuck this. And he punches the deputy in the head. I mean, like full on <laughs> punches him in the head, like his arm is stuck in the dude's head. And he's like trying to shake the head off of his wrist and everything just goes crazy from there. So the demon jumps out the window. He cuts his hand open. All this glowing green goo comes out. He throws his hand around and splashes around the goo and all these demon demons rise up out of the ground. And they basically try to take over and kill everybody in the hotel. So to kind of like speed it up, the blood that's in the relic is from all the other, um, what, what am I looking for? Um, kind of the guardians, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Uh, Breaker is one of the guardians. And he's, you know, well past his age. I think he's like over 100 in the film, but he, he looks like he's in his 40s. And um, he's been using that blood to kind of rejuvenate himself. And it's from all the past guardians that have been protecting the world. The whole reason why the collector is there is because this relic, this key is one of seven that are spread out across the world. And when they're all accumulated by the the demon collector, demon master, it 
it basically is the end of days. And so mm-hmm. Breaker, who we think initially is a criminal, he is the guardian of our world. And he was sent there to find his, his replacement, I guess you could say. Um, and the character that who doesn't uh, get seduced by the demon, who's actually played by Billy Zane. I forgot to mention yeah. that. And he's so freaking gorgeous in the movie. I know. Um, oh my God, he's so pretty in it. Oh, anyway. So, um, you know, he manipulates and seduces everybody in the film. And the only person who doesn't fall for his tricks is Jada's character, Geraldine. And so Breaker, you know, they're in one of the rooms towards the, towards the end. Everybody's dead. <laughs> everybody's dead <laughs> so uh breaker he's basically like you're you're it you're the one and she's like what are you talking about and so he takes the relic it actually has these stars in a circle on um on one of the sides and he takes it and he presses it into her palm and it burns the stars into her flesh and during that there's this um flashback montage mm-hmm. of the whole storyline the whole premise of how the relics came about and the the world of the demons and everything and so there's like this scene with the blood of christ being poured in it and so she's getting this full download of everything that he's been through and what her new destiny is now and so you know that happens and they take the relic off of her hand and at first the stars are in a circle but then they cluster to the center of her palm and so he tells her when they spread out and they form a complete circle, you'll know it's time again. And yeah. you know, that'd be her time to battle. And so Breaker dies right then and there after that. And you're like, oh, great. Now you just leave this little <laughs> black girl by herself. And so, you know, but she's smart, you know, she doesn't mm. fall for the demon collector's BS. And so um, she, at one point, covers herself in the blood that's inside the relic. And um, she goes up to Billy's character, the the demon collector, and he's like, oh, you're all covered in blood. And she's like, it's not mine. He like goes to touch her and it burns him and like he scurries off. And uh, he his way of like capturing her in a way to kind of like take over. He (laughs) wraps her in the shower curtain, like throws her in the tub and like showers her down to get all the blood off. But she like tucks (laughs) her head back. She takes a swallow out of the relic of the blood. And basically, to finish it off, she spits the blood in his face and he is destroyed. But the really cool thing, I love the ending of the movie, as you know, she packs up her things, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. dead. She scoops up some blood actually from Breaker since he was the last guardian so she can refill the relic. And she hops on a greyhound. And uh, one of the things about the blood, they use the blood to seal the windows and yeah. the doors when they were in the house. Um, so that the demons wouldn't come in. And so she's getting on the bus and, you know, she pays um, and the driver's looking at her real weird. And she like turns around and she takes a drop of the blood and seals the door on the bus. And she's like, I, I can't take any chances. And she gets on the bus. And so it drives off maybe a mile or two at the next stop. And we see a new character that we haven't seen presented in the movie. And he the bus driver opens the door and the the guy he looks and he's like you know what i'll catch the next one and i was like oh shit it's the new demon because <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly who he is right and yeah. so the bus drives off and the guy takes a minute and then he 
He walks behind the bus and he's whistling the Tales from the Queen song and the movie's over. And I'm just like, oh my God, it's masterpiece. <laughs> it's masterpiece. That's the whole movie. It's so good. So what is it about this film that you love so much? Oh my God. Just so many things. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Tales from the Crypt. That was mm-hmm. probably one of the few things I was allowed to watch growing yeah. up. And we actually had every episode recorded on VHS. Wow. And like, we still have them. I have yeah. like trading cards and everything. Oh my um, God. <laughs> so when this movie came out, I was like, oh my God, I have to see it. And I didn't even actually see it in theaters, ironically. Yeah. I saw it like total bootleg. But um, I remember seeing it and just being like, that is such a cool female. Like, I want to yeah. be like her. I want to be strong like that. I want to make yeah. smart decisions like that. I want to know that I can take care of myself on top of it being a black female. Usually when we see any black characters, they're killed off right away at the yeah. beginning of the movie. You know, not only did she make it to the end, she's also the hero in it. Yeah. And she gets to go on to the next part of the story. You know, not that there is another part. But that's how we're always going to remember her is that she went on to be the protector. So there's that aspect. And then there's also the aspect, um, just to kind of go back to what you were saying a minute Mm -hmm. ago about these different types of final girls. They're either, you know, this way or that way. And being a fan of Jada as well, she always Mm -hmm. picks these roles that she can really feel empowered in. Mm -hmm. And that stand for something. And it was nice to see a female not be over-sexualized for a chance. You know, she's, yeah. na- she's not naked in the film. She's not overly suggestive. Mm-hmm. Um, the little bit of skin that we see in the film from her, she's still completely covered. And she's doing all this. And mm-hmm. she's still sexy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it made me feel good to, like not have to present myself a certain way. Not that I'm approved by any means, you know, (laughs) but when, but when you're seeing that as a kid, you know, you want to see more of that because you're still Mm -hmm. trying to figure yourself out. Um, So it was that. And it was also the fact that Ernest Dickerson directed it. So I was also Mm -hmm. seeing something in the horror genre with a black female lead that was also black directed on top of all the insanely amazing prosthetic and character work in it. So for me, like, it was just like an all-in-one film. I mean, I loved it. I loved it. I still love yeah. it. I I wasn't expecting much, but I was nicely surprised. Like, I mean, it's not like it is cheesy because it's Tales of the Crypt. You oh, know, for like, sure. Kind of the way, you for know, sure. For sure. You get what you're given, but yeah. it was just it's it's characters were so well rounded. They weren't just especially Jada Pinkett Smith character. Yeah. It, they weren't just 2D. They were very, you know, yeah. she she had a past, she was working through it, and she had yep. the strength to carry on and not be like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. She was like, okay, I have to do this. Like, I have to do exactly. this for saving the world. It wasn't yeah. like she had any other kind of like moral dilemma where she was like, oh, I just can't. It's too much. She was like, no, I have to do this. It's fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. And she did it and she yeah. kicked ass and it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I also, I loved the fact that when you see that police officer get punched in the head, I did not expect it. <laughs> you don't. No. It actually happens fairly early on. Yeah. And it just kind of builds up from there. Yeah. And you think he's just going to like give him a punch, but the fact that his fist uh-uh. goes all the way through his head. I mean, like... <laughs> all the way through. And he's like trying to shake it off. Like, <laughs> like no, dude, no, this is not going to work. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just thought it was great. And I loved the way that like, again, too many times you see these police officers be shown as like, there's always that one police officer who's the hero, isn't it? Like mm -hmm, there's always mm -hmm. that one guy. Whereas oh, you're yeah. shown these two and they're completely incompetent. And you're like, you know what? Oh That's my God. kind of what <laughs> most police officers are like. like yeah, it, it was realistic for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but here in Ireland, the police force would just be absolute shite. Like they'd be cowering in a corner crying. So I was like, yeah, that's uh, realistic. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the same here. I don't think yeah. they could handle any demons. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> yes. I mean, and the demons, you know, they were cheesy, but it was good, fun, scary cheese. And I appreciate yeah, some scary cheese. I think it's definitely better than a lot pe a lot of people would think because mm. it is Tales from the Crypt. You know, that cheese factor is there. Yeah. But I mean, the makeup is really good, mm. like a full on like body suits. And yeah. like you said, it's such it's such a good cast. Yeah. It's a really good cast. Yeah. Um, I I quite liked William Sadler as oh my God. The, the Guardian <laughs> and then Billy Zane. Like I kind of I liked the way they kind of played off each other. I quite enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I did like the fact that again, going back to Jada's character, that she was kind of like the voice of reason. Mm -hmm. She was the only one that was kind of like, you know, let's chill the fuck out and just try and figure shit out. And you know, where's my cat? Like, yeah, pretty much. She's like, where was her cat, man? Like, that was all she cared about, which was cool. Yeah. And the fact that she didn't leave it behind at the end, she brought her cat with her. Yeah, that was, that was sweet of her. That was sweet of her. Um, so I know we touched a little bit on it, but how do you feel that it kind of um, touched upon the final girl trope? Um, I think this film, is it's better than a lot of the other ones. Mm -hmm. um, because we do see such a powerful character in her. And I think this style of Final Girl is mm -hmm. definitely where we're going to see more in the genre. Yeah. Um, I think she's such a good representation, especially mm -hmm. in like the 90s. So yeah. we, we still weren't really getting a lot of that. Um, yeah. But I think her character definitely paved the way for some of the characters we see now. I can't Absolutely. think of the actress's name, but she, um, I guess she, technically you could call her a final girl. She wasn't the main character, but the actress um, that was in The Invitation. I'm not sure if you've seen that. Um, I have, yes. There was, there was an interracial couple and they were going mm -hmm. to a house party and he found out that his ex-partner was like in a cult. Um, yeah. And they and they both made it to the end. Yeah. I think Jada's character, we see more of that. You know what I mean now. And yeah. that's just like one example of the movies that's coming to mind, um, yeah. especially when we're talking about women of color yeah. in, in these kind of movies. Yeah. Um. So, would you recommend Demon Knight to horror fans? Oh, hell yes, <laughs> yes, without a doubt. I mean, yeah. it's cheap. It's whatever. I mean, like, there's so many cheesy bad movies out there. So let's not even really go there. And like, they're making like another Jeepers Creepers or something right oh. now. So right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so yes, I would definitely, especially for this the genre. This is like, I mean, it fits right into everything that would be on that checklist. It's it's yeah. scary. It's got a little bit of gore in it. It's got some violence. Yeah. Um, there's not really like 
sex sex there's it's more um implied i guess you could say because yeah. there there are two characters that do get intimate in it but it's not graphic yeah um but you know being sexual is definitely a part of it so <laughs> i mean it, it just has everything you need yeah. and, and it's a great story like i don't think people really give it enough credit it's actually a really good story yeah and you know you're fighting good and evil and you're having to make these choices mm-hmm. um I, I think that's something that people can relate to yeah i really appreciate horror films that you can kind of get a bunch of mates around uh, mm-hmm. and you can stick on a film and you you don't have to like it's not something that you have to work out you can just watch it with your friends and enjoy the gore yeah. enjoy the the storyline enjoy the characters and i really appreciate horror films because I, I feel like a lot of the time nowadays for horror to have any sort of standing it has to be like super deep and super meaningful and super like cryptic and yeah, yeah. i appreciate a good horror that you can just stick on and not have to think about it <laughs> right on yes you don't have to think about this when you are there for the, the entertainment yeah. for sure and the visuals there's some good yeah. visuals in it absolutely um so i guess what you were talking about earlier about uh, jada pinkett smith kind of leading the way for final girls this kind of leads mm-hmm. us on to what I chose as my final girl film. Um, I, like you, I was kind of like, I kind of know what I want to do. And it's not, again, it's not typically the final girl that you'd think of from like Halloween or Friday the 13th. Um, Yeah. So I chose the film Alien versus Predator. Um, And it's it's a crossover of sci-fi and horror. How do you feel about sci-fi meshing with horror? Oh, I love it. I love the idea of them blending together. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's like putting horror with hip hop, you know, they just kind yeah. of are, are even rock and roll. Like they, they mesh really well and it brings something different to it. Yeah. Um, and with this film, I, I watched it for the first time this morning. Um, it's got so many different elements that are just mm-hmm. kind of like, I guess you'd say kind of subdued. It's not like jump scares that yeah. you would normally get. So I, I personally, I don't mind the, the two mm-hmm. blending together. Yeah. I'd always be a bit like, I don't like the alien franchise. I'm not a fan, although I do appreciate it for it kind of, you know, it, it took a, a, almost a slasher setting and put it into space yeah. with it. So I kind of appreciate it for that. Um, I was always a massive fan of Predator loved predator i think See, i need to go back and watch all of the predators i watched all the aliens last year yeah. so i've got some homework to do on that yeah i i love predator and i think mainly just for the predator design itself i just think oh, it's, it's great yeah it's gorgeous um so alien versus predator it is a 2004 um kind of action horror sci-fi crossover of the alien and predator franchises which actually originated in a 1989 comic book uh, it's directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, starring Sanaa Latan, Rail Bova, Lance Henriksen, and Ewan Bremner. And it basically centers on our guide, Lex Woods, as she is employed by Wayland Industries to lead an expedition on the coast of Antarctica, where a pyramid has been located using satellite imagery. And there they are caught in a one of these Aztecian-style pyramids, um, under the Antarctica, which is really strange. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> they discover the alien eggs 
and then uh, kind of they're being hunted by the predators and they kind of are caught in this battle between aliens and predators and they're trying to escape the pyramid and then they realize that these pyramids were built by the predator race to um, kind of have fun hunting grounds where they uh, kind of brought all these alien eggs, let them hatch out and then brought in human sacrifice as basic cattle to uh, breed and feed the aliens. And then the predators would hunt all the aliens and whoever got all the aliens got a good mark on their head and were mm-hmm. head of the warriors. Um, and then they realize that when the alien uh, population got out of control, they just annihilate the whole world. And um, we see Lex is the surviving warrior and her yep. and this predator, they kind of join allegiances to fight the mother alien. And um, she becomes a predator warrior, which is pretty badass. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. I yeah. was really <laughs> pleased with the ending. Yeah. Um, so before we get onto the final girl theory, how did you feel about this um, kind of influence of like the Aztec and the alien theory? You know, we hear it a lot. I was put on Discovery Channel and there's some crazy person talking about like the aliens built the pyramids um how did you feel on the take on this kind of theory you know i i go back and forth with it because i'm the same way i I love to watch ancient aliens on a travel channel or whatever it is Mm. um i I really go back and forth with it i'm like are you sure the aliens (laughs) built that you know because there's been enslaved (laughs) people for hundreds of years you know guys yeah so, um, um, but I do think it's cool to use a little bit of that sort of information in, in history in terms of storytelling. Yeah. Um, so I actually thought it was interesting that they used three cultures and kind of pulled from that. I'm not sure of how accurate everything, you know, was. I, I don't know all the history myself. Yeah. But um it, it's really interesting that people rely on that the writers yeah. and such rely on that so much. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would love to see something where we see, you know, an indigenous group mm-hmm. perhaps in that same kind of futuristic setting, mm. kind of like what Stargate wanted to be yeah. <laughs> uh, and seeing them as aliens, but they look like humans. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that'd just be something I write because yeah, I've been I thinking think... about it for like the last year anyway. Yeah. Copyright um, that trademark. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's mine. That's mine guys. That's mine. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed the, the take on it. Um, and that, you know, they set predator back into these like indigenous cultures and, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I thought it was an interesting way at which they combined the two worlds of Predator and Alien. I thought it was a really smart crossover as opposed yeah, to... Definitely that. Yeah, as opposed to, oh, they just came down to Earth because they want to invade and blah, 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 blah. I just thought it was really smart. Yeah, it gave the, the storyline a bit more substance and it kind of brought in other parts from both of the franchises together. I, I agree with yeah. you on that. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about the horror element to it? Um, I think it definitely leans more thriller. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it, I didn't, I didn't find it to be traditionally scary. You know, it's yeah. not like 
the slashers of slaw a saw or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't call it terrifying in any kind of way. Yeah. And I think because they just reused, you know, the chest bursters and mm-hmm. they reused all of that from the Alien franchise. So it wasn't as shocking. Right. Um, the reason I kind of chose this was because I saw this, God, Harold, I, I saw it when it first came out. So I must have been 15. And seeing um, Sinar Lathan become the warrior at the end and be respected by this warrior race that is predators it was just so freaking badass to see Mm -hmm, a female mm -hmm. in that role and to be like you know she she wasn't saved by a man she helped this great warrior from another planet survive and then she is kind of hailed as the hero yeah and it was just, it was just so badass that she was like this super intelligent, you know, she's like an archaeology guide and she's mm-hmm. super smart. And again, like Jada Pinkett's character, she was the voice of reason the whole time. Yep. She's like, the whole time. We need the to get out time. now. We yes. need to get out and, now. Yeah. And, she, and she got up out of the group from that initial meeting. I was like, this has death written all over it. How are you guys not seeing it? Yeah. Please listen to her. Yeah. And then when she's like, okay, we've kind of found the cave. Now let's go back to camp because mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. safe. And mm-hmm. all the men were like, bruh, right. bruh, bruh, bruh. And th- and like they do. Yeah. <laughs> not listening to an expert, like an expert of the field. Right. right. And then when they find the eggs and she's like, okay, now we really have to go. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, they just, weren't having it. No. <laughs> and this whole time it's like, why didn't you listen to her? She knew what she was talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, but I just love that she, she was so smart and she used her tenacity and she used her smarts and she basically saved herself with her own ability. And she did. It was, it was yeah. great to watch. I wish I could have had, that experience that you did of watching mm. it when you were younger for yeah. that very reason that she did it on her own terms. Yeah. She did it all herself. Yeah. And I just remember like, I wanted to be her. I was like, I want, yeah. that, I want that predator mark. Like, I want that's it. how I felt about Jada. I was like, where's yeah. my relic at? And I guess that's why I got it <laughs> tattooed finally after all these years. So yeah, yeah I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do you think the trope of the final girl kind of comes into play here. Uh, it's exactly how I was saying with Jada. She's strong. Yeah. She's athletic. She she has a heart. You know what I mean? She mm-hmm. was never rude to anybody. She never had to raise her voice or um, be overly assertive in any kind of way. She was able to really set some boundaries without it being too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so, um she she really did use her own logic and she was just so brave in it Mm. it's such a good character yeah all all around and um she was just really beautiful to watch in general just everything she did um i was looking at um after i watched it i found a little clip mentioning how the director was just so impressed with her with her audition Mm. so seeing her as a performer and that character I mean, it, it's just really telling to the story, yeah. story and who she is. Yeah. I mean, I like that we both chose, you know, when people say final girl, we do always think about, you know, Nancy from uh, mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street, Elm Street. Or, yeah. or Laurie from Halloween. Mm-hmm. But I like the way we both decided to go 
the other end of final girl the more kind yes. of feminist leaning final yes. girl um and for me that's for me that's what a final girl is 100 percent. yeah um so would you recommend alien versus predator to horror fans yes um <laughs> It, whether you're a fan of Alien or Predator, I think this was, like you said, this was such a good mashup of the two worlds. Yeah. And that's really hard to do when you have two really strong franchises with great lead characters and to be able to bring that together and still maintain the story. Mm-hmm. And it still looks good. Oh, gotcha. There's minimal yeah. CGI, which, mm-hmm. you know, I'm obviously someone who loves practical everything. Yeah, same, yeah. Um, so visually, it was really good. And they chose a really strong actress. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, I would definitely recommend it. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say it's my favorite, um, but I was really glad to see so many of the other characters die off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was the first guy that was like, when he realized that she was going to kind of decide to stay and he was like looking her up and down the guy that yeah. was like showing the picture of his kids I was like ew yeah. when does he yeah. die like I was yeah. ready for him to die yeah um yeah. But yeah I would totally recommend it yeah it was a I lot was, of fun to watch I was I remember um when I was watching it the first time and I was like oh please don't let this rail fella be a you know the mm-hmm. I was like, please don't let him be the love interest, please. Oh, God, please. No. I do not oh. need a love interest in this. Um, but I was I was kind of I was happy that it was more of a friendship and just well, she treated him more of a team member. She was like, I need mm-hmm. to at least 100%. save yeah, at least save one of my team, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um another I mean thing, she tried. She, she tried. did. <laughs> but you know what? Shit happens. <laughs> and you've got to look after yourself. <laughs> This is true. See why. <laughs> um, another thing that you said as well about the um, the the kind of visual effects, because going back and watching this, I haven't watched this in a couple of years, but going back and watching it, I was so happy that it still kind of stands up and it doesn't look terrible like so many films from like the early two thousands do. Oh yeah, it it yeah. looks really good. Like I said, I yeah. watched it this morning, and I mean it holds up just fine. Yeah, I mean the alien design is still. As much as I'm not really a big fan, I love the design of aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the mother is terrifying. Like the the queen alien is absolutely Oh my terrifying. God, with her huge sack of... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so like, I don't yeah. get grossed out. But when I saw that, I was just like... looks painful yeah (laughs) and the final battle where she's just got like the huge comb on her head and she's all like "Ah." like that's that's terrifying and i don't really find alien horror terrifying it's not but those two little mouths like the little mm, yeah 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 she was freaking (laughs) So out of the two films, which one? I mean, I kind of know your answer. I know what it's going to be. <laughs> but out of the two films, which one would you recommend? <laughs> um, well, I mean, they're just so different. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would honestly recommend both because I do feel like AVP is so much more sci-fi. You know what I yeah. mean? Whereas Demon Knight leans a little bit more traditional yeah. to that kind of scary factor. I, I'll be honest, I would recommend both. It would depend yeah. on who I'm talking to uh-huh. and what they're wanting to watch. You know, what yeah. are they in the mood for? Yeah. I uh, mean, both of them are super entertaining. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm actually going to 
if I had to choose one, I'm actually going to go with Demon Knight because I feel what? like, yeah, because <laughs> I feel like what you said about uh, Jada Pinkett Smith and her character being the kind of the root of it, the root of that mm-hmm. strong um, yeah. feminist final girl, you know? And I kind of feel like it's good to see where that trope comes from and where it For kind sure. of turned from the wimpy final girl to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of hate for me calling like, you know, Laurie but, Strode wimpy. But... <laughs> but in a sense it is because she was very shy, you know, she was kind of reserved. So wimpy doesn't have to be a bad thing because at yeah. the end of it, she still wins and she still goes on through the rest of the movies. Yeah. So, I mean, Wimpy's not terrible. If you get a little bit of hate yeah. for that, I mean, whatever. <laughs> Go I read th- a book, people. <laughs> I think I just, I associate more with, you know, like Gerald Lynn from Demon Knight or mm-hmm. Lex from Alien, because I'm not that shy kind of uh, virginal, virginal yeah. kind of girl. I am yeah. the more outspoken. I am the yeah. more kind of like bossy, like, for sure. you know, I know what I'm doing. You know, uh-huh. I believe in myself. So I think yeah. that's why I like those characters rather than, you know, the kind of 80s final mm-hmm. girl characters. For sure. That's why I picked it. I, I just I <laughs> love everything that that character represented then yeah. and even now. Mm. So just to round off this episode, I always ask my guests what your favorite horror film is. Oh, God, there's so many. Um, well, obviously, Demon Knight uh-huh. is top of the list. Um, another favorite, which people, it's not really bloody, but, mm-hmm. well, I mean, actually, it is bloody. I take that back. <laughs> um, um, American Psycho. Okay. I am a big, big, big fan of that movie. I actually uh, used to watch that religiously, probably about every three or four months with the director's commentary on. Um, okay. I think that that one kind of stands out to me because it's female directed mm-hmm. um, and because I'm trying to improve my screenwriting skills. Um, having seen it so many times with the commentary, there's so many elements that yeah. go into storytelling, just mm-hmm. the way that she uses the Foley for certain scenes and just the the monologue of himself when yeah. he's going through his daily routine and he peels off the mask yeah. and he says, I can't remember word for word, but he basically says that I'm just a shell. There's nothing that exists here. And it mm-hmm. sets up the whole movie. And there's that all throughout the movie. I just yeah. love how she leaves all these kind of like um, little eggs everywhere. Yeah. And, like I like movies that I can kind of pick apart like that, even yeah. though, like you said earlier, sometimes I just want to watch a movie for sheer entertainment, mm-hmm. but that's probably my favorite as far as psychological thrillers go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gosh, I have a lot of favorites. I mean, it's like <laughs> so many, like pick a decade, yeah. pick a genre. I mean, like really bad, like D-list, I call it horror movies I'd probably be like toxic avenger so <laughs> you know what I mean so yeah. I, I grew up on so many different things um mm. god there, there, there's just so many there's so uh, many what is the scariest horror film you've ever seen Ooh, Ooh wait mm. scariest oh that's tough 
uh, scariest like when I was a kid or like scariest now? Uh, <laughs> scariest now, I think, is always interesting to hear about ad- adult kind of fear. Um, well, scariest now. Um, uh, this is, I don't want to say this one, but I do, I, I'm going to say it. Uh, get out in a sense because okay. the film itself is not scary, but I'm a yeah. black creative woman living in the South mm-hmm. and I have had my own share of experiences dealing yeah. with discrimination. And I mean, I actually wrote a short, it's called profiled and it's about mm-hmm. me being harassed by a police officer. And mm-hmm. I did not know if I was going to live another day if I got out of my car, you know? Yeah. So I, I would go with that one just for the, the experiences I've had dealing with racism. Yeah. Like that, that's scariest to me because I I'm often by myself. Yeah. Um, you know, traveling to different sets and things. And I do a lot of indie work. So I'm on all these back roads in Alabama and I'm by yeah. myself. And being on the productions that I work here mm-hmm. most of the time, if not every time, I'm the only black person on the production, not just my department. Yeah. I mean like the whole crew. And so I always have that in the back of my mind. Yeah. And so, you know, I'll be 37 <laughs> at, at yeah. the end of this month. And so when I travel, I like let my family know when mm-hmm. I'm leaving, when I got there and when I get back home. And I'm an adult woman still having to do that because of the times yeah. we're still dealing with. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, obviously being a white woman, I could never imagine. Um, but definitely when Get Out, came out it really it made me uncomfortable but in mm-hmm. in the way that it should you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. it, it yeah. should make me uncomfortable yeah. um and i just think it was such an amazing piece of storytelling and movie portrayal and mm-hmm. he definitely should have gotten more than just best screenplay oh my god um, yeah at the oscars for sure because i mean that really is the black experience yeah experience, unfortunately yeah and how do you feel about um horror and how it kind of involves uh socioeconomic kind of themes or you know society as a whole how do you feel about that kind of horror i mean just like with get out um these are real life issues Mm -hmm. um and i like seeing more of them expressed in movies i I guess you could say Mm -hmm. um just because people aren't really aware. Mm-hmm. And I, I think people kind of need that information and being able to put it in a horror movie, it mm-hmm. gives chance to be able to absorb that information from a different lens. They're much more receptive yeah. to it, I feel yeah. like. So I, I, I think it's good that we're not just doing, you know, killer movies anymore. Yeah. Or the films, well, I'm not gonna say all of the films, certainly not <laughs> all of Hollywood. Yeah films but in the independent world you know there's just more depth mm-hmm. to the storytelling now by yeah. adding those kind of elements yeah um thank you so much for sharing that with us and thank you so much for being on the podcast and being thank you so much for inviting me i, no I was nervous I was you were alive. great <laughs> thank you <laughs> and if people would like to find you where can they get you oh man i am everywhere but my <laughs> preferred platform is instagram Instagram. Um, it's my name, S-O-M-I-C-A-S-P-R-A-T-L-E-Y. Um, and my website. So if anybody would ever like to book me, I'm available for 
commercial work, print work, short mm-hmm. films, features. I would also like to do a little bit more acting and of course, directing and writing and editing and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I do a little bit of dance performance. So I definitely would like to do some more yeah. creative film work with that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all of that stuff is on my Instagram. You're just an all rounder. You're like talent in all corners. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to, you know, build my empire. It's, it's yes. all of Jada. It's all of her yeah. influence. <laughs> she told me I can do anything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Thank you. So that was my chat there with Samika Spratley about the final girl theory and uh, the two films that we decided to do deep dives on, which is Demon Knight from 1995 and 2004's Alien vs. Predator. Now, I know there is going to be controversy. A lot of people will be saying that is not the traditional final girl. But I think it's really important to take into account that the final girl was meant to... uh, inspire and influence uh other kind of females um to to be like strong and to know that they can survive and for us to these two final girls were what did it for us so that is why i'm justifying our choices although i don't have to but i'm gonna um so as always if you have something to say about this week's episode come at me on twitter what underscore scream or find us on facebook and instagram at what a scream podcast um i also have the blog what a scream podcast.wordpress.com where you can read some of my writing um there is also letterboxd where you can keep up to date on what movies we are covering and don't forget there is the mini episodes which are released during the week where me and my little sister neve review random films um i say review that's using the term lightly (laughs) but yeah so as always i hope you are staying horrific goodbye Should be scared